I must refer you to the great chronicle of Pantagruel for the knowledge of that genealogy and antiquity of race by which Gargantua is come unto us. In it you may understand more at large how the giants were born in this world, and how from them by a direct line issued Gargantua, the father of Pantagruel. And do not take it ill, if for this time I pass by it, although the subject be such that the oftener it were remembered, the more it would please your worshipful Signorius, according to which you have the authority of Plato and Philebo and Gorgias, and of Flaccus, who says that there are some kinds of purposes, such as these are without doubt, which, the frequentlier they be repeated, still prove the more delectable. Would to God everyone had as certain knowledge of his genealogy since the time of the Ark of Noah until this age. I think many are at this day emperors, kings, dukes, princes, and popes on the earth, whose extraction is from some porters and pardon peddlers. As, on the contrary, many are now poor, wandering beggars, wretched and miserable, who are descended of the blood and lineage of great kings and emperors, occasioned, as I conceive it, by the transport and revolution of kingdoms and empires, from the Assyrians to the Medes, from the Medes to the Persians, from the Persians to the Macedonians, from the Macedonians to the Romans, from the Romans to the Greeks, from the Greeks to the French. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blackberg. And tonight we're talking about the first page of Gargantua and Pantagruel by Francois Rabelais, published sometime around 1532. And our guest tonight is Peter Rogers. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So, uh, how familiar are we with Gargantua and Pantagruel? Oh, no. <laughs> You've had 500 years to read it. So, so the spoiler warnings are completely <laughs> expired now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all I, all I know is it generally fitting into some tradition of, of French satire. Um, but yeah, Rabelais, I've never read anything by. My apologies. <laughs> no, no, that's how we roll here. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I, I, I know, Peter, you are, uh, you are studying French at this moment. Just starting in on it. Yay. <laughs> oh. So this, this could perhaps be a goal or. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or, or a benchmark, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I tried looking through some of this in the original French and it, it didn't seem quite as bad as um, like 12th century English or anything like that. You, like, you don't feel like you're having a stroke, but there's still a lot that's like, that's not a word. Mm-hmm. I feel confident that that's not a word anymore. Yeah. But also given the nature of it, like it's entirely possible that there are just non-words in the text on purpose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, looking at the style of this, I was trying to untangle how much of it is the original text trying to parody intellectual tracts of the time Mm -hmm. and how much of it is, is this an older translation that has just never been updated into more modern English and how much of it too is bits of um, French getting transliterated, like the Ark of Noah is never how you say it in English, Mm -hmm. but it's (laughs) always how you say it in Romance languages. Right, right, right. so much about that. <laughs> yeah, so it is always funny when you when you are translating a work and like you're like, well, like literally this means this, but <laughs> the the feeling is like casual, right? Yeah. You know. Not yeah. not not the title of a fantasy novel, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Ark de Noah. Mm. And there's 
there's a whole thing that John McWhorter goes, uh, uh, linguist goes on about um, how everyone who doesn't speak English gets to read Shakespeare in modern language. Hmm. Like Pablo Neruda did an entire translation of Romeo and Juliet. And so all the entire Spanish speaking world, I think, is stuck reading Chilean Spanish, which is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a hill to climb, but um it still like speaks to them in their own language. And and now we read Shakespeare across this vast number of years, and where it's like the boys getting in a fight with knives is going to still sound very refined and mm-hmm. and high register to us <laughs> and and hard to navigate. It's also Sorry, one thing I wanted to uh, bring up before I forget. Reading this on the page, I was just like, I was very confused. And then I thought to myself, like, well, I remember when I was TAing a drama class, and there were some some works of uh, ancient literature, uh, even, you know, translated, where I was like, this feels a little weird. Uh, and then the, the students put, put on little uh, plays. Uh, they, they had that option instead of, like, writing a, a paper at one point. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, what a brilliant move by the professor to have the students perform <laughs> rather than write papers. Uh, and like hearing them performed was so much easier to understand what was going on. Uh, and I kind of thought to myself like, well, maybe hearing this out loud, uh, would, would be easier. Uh, and I don't know. I I do not know that that actually turned out to be the case for me. Yeah. Let me try the French. Je vous remercie. (laughs) What is that? Yeah. Oh, you're looking at the French now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely has that quality of like, like this is not, you know, trying to read Beowulf, right? Mm-hmm. In the original. Yeah. You know. Uh, but still, that first paragraph is two sentences. Yeah. One of which is three lines and one of which is like 12 lines. So there's just these huge scaffoldings of grammar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're we're flirting with the Miltonic construction here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And some of it is very, like, very clear, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, well, I don't know. How from them by a direct line issued Gargantua. That was actually a line I struggled with. Mm. But in the French, it seems much clearer. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yes. So, Gargantua and Pantagruel. <laughs> or Rabelais in general. Uh, to answer your question, Vin, from, I don't know, a half hour ago. I have never read uh, Rabelais. Uh, I studied French in school. Uh, I don't recall reading a lot of French literature. I remember uh, when I was in France, uh, I bought uh, a few books of science fiction. Uh, one one was a collection of William Gibson short stories in French. Uh, and I remember reading it and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so good at French. Like, I know this, <laughs> like, I can read this so well. And then I like, and then I thought, I was like, wait a minute, am I reading this or do I just know this, <laughs> these stories so well because I, I, I love William Gibson. Uh, and I like, like closed the book and like continued to read it uh, in my mind. And I was like, okay, that's all right. I'm not reading French. I'm just remembering English. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the other book uh, that I remember uh, getting because I used it in my college translation class, uh, at which point I realized that like translating uh, fantastical works <laughs> was extra difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, like besides made up language. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of just like, like, wait, does does, does he mean this literally or... You know, mm-hmm. like when someone's world explodes, you're like, how do I, like, what do I do with that? Uh, but huh. yeah, I've, I've read the beginning of this and like, I remember finding it interesting, but also the kind of thing that is like, 
such a dense satire that like once you get through 10 or 15 pages, you're like, I do get the point. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of like interesting language and imagery, but also I do get the point. <laughs> I mean, also with, with historical satire, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I'm sure there's also parts where it's just like, uh, like, thank you. Uh, I will, I will try to avoid, uh, th- this one social structure from 16th century <laughs> France, mm. uh, or like, like things that are just like no longer an issue. Yeah. And I feel, I feel too, like I, even on this one page, I feel like I'm reading a note perfect satire of a work I have never read <laughs> that is an exemplar of a style or genre of work that I have never read. <laughs> like, okay, that's exactly how you would kind of do your throat clearing before <laughs> going into a historical treatise in that century. And only he's turned the dial up to 11. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I see that you've done that. I'm sure I would laugh a lot more if I knew <laughs> mm-hmm. if I knew the sort of things that were the target of it. Yeah, there's definitely like a moment where like uh I, I almost started to look up uh the the Filebo and Gorgias. And then I was like, mm. it doesn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like I those are citations for citation's sake. Like like yeah, mm. that that's the uh, appeal to authority uh that you 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 make in such a, a throat clearing manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this does have the advantage of being one of those like body and grotesque satires. Oh, okay. So even when you're not uh like when you're missing the the context of the actual satire, you're like, oh, this is this is foul. Okay, I get it. <laughs> this is a kind of humor that is universal. Mm-hmm. And Rabelais was famous for that, right? Or I could be misremembering. I believe yeah, that's, so. That's the that's the the, the use of the uh the, the eponym uh, Rabelaisian when someone's oh, like it, it means yeah it's it's like oh this is really earthy and like oh cool you know it's always funny though because like it, that 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 to me if I remember correctly is how like it usually gets described like oh Rabelaisian that means like earthy and then you like read more and you're like it means that like uh, in the book uh, a giant uh, defeats an army by 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 drowning them in piss mm. like wow yeah yeah <laughs> yes. Just displaying er- earthy humor or body. Mm. Uh, and it was just the old dictionary was unwilling to spell that out for its readers and only yeah. hint to yeah. it with yes it's earthy yeah i think we'll say that's like that's like <laughs> those points it. when like uh after high school when you read some shakespeare and you're like oh this is just a litany of dick jokes yeah like yep. this one like i get it okay you know like oh this is all about farts okay but i guess it 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 explains some of the comic value of making it sound so high flown at the start of this mm-hmm like setting the stage for something that sounds so refined. It's like, yep, that is that is how you set up a bunch of dick and fart jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good evening and welcome <laughs> to my study of history and philosophy. Yeah. And just, uh, it's frustrating not knowing enough about like what an average sentence felt like in this, in, you know, 16th century France. Mm. Because like, I know that he's, he's going really extreme with you know piling clauses on clauses on clauses and never never getting to the end of a sentence but it's like how much further is he going than 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 an average piece of writing for the time yeah well Mm -hmm. i will say that like when it came time to uh like screenshot the first page of this 
I had to do a little selection because there's like five different things that could be the first page. Oh, wow. Because there's an argument, which is in verse, <laughs> and there's an author's prologue, and there's a note to the translator, which is also in verse. <laughs> so like... Rabelais very clearly was enjoying just piling the fuck on. <laughs> throat clearing before the throat clearing that precedes the throat clearing. <laughs> well, this is one of the, like, I, I wonder, like, we were talking about this, like, oh, this is like a, like a, a, a parodic version of, like, an academic ease. Uh, but, like, uh, writing, wait, what was it, 1532? Hmm. Like, <laughs> like... Is there like how much academic French is there to parody? I guess is my question, yeah. or is it still like all or mostly Latin? Um, oh, well, so like the uh, the note to the oh. translator begins Rabelais, whose wit prodigiously was made. So hmm. wait, okay, so Michel de Montaigne, uh, he's writing around here, isn't he? Oh wait, he was born in thirty three. Okay, never mind. Yeah. That's just one of those funny things. Like I remember uh, in, in like take, taking uh, in a, uh, uh, a fairy tale class that focused a lot on Italian fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Like my understanding of Italy was uh, very, very shit. Very, I, I was shook by that class. Let's say, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, like this is Italian. It's like, well, like Italian as a language doesn't exist until oh yeah, like, yeah. Or it's like Italian as a language still doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> like you know, go to Sicily, say that, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With your received Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do have one very... Uh, I, well, I do have one question about what, what, what you all made of the end of this first page. So, like, so that, that second paragraph is kind of like a typical, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, things change, people rise, people fall sort of thing, you know. Or it, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh, uh... Uh, what is the poem? Uh, the uh, I, th- I think it's is it is it Defoe? It's the true Englishman. Uh, it's it's it is the poem that uh, goes like, you know, uh, th- thus from a mixture of all kinds began that heterogeneous thing, an Englishman. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like you know, like it, it's a joke on people who consider themselves like English, and it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and and who might uh, look down on other 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 nations or immigrants oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. where it's just like <laughs> like your your ancestors were uh like you know your your ancestors are either like pig farming pagans or <laughs> or conquerors you know who came from other places mm-hmm. you know like that that's the the the, the joke of that that poem mm. uh and there's something about this like oh like you know there are people who are high who are actually from low backgrounds and people who are low like there, there is something uh, like obviously uh, satirical about the social structure, you know. Mm. Like there's, there, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing set, right? Mm. Uh, which I guess is actually one of the big things that people take away. Sorry, uh, that's a sidebar. Uh, I've never read Rabelais. Uh, I have read a lot <laughs> of uh, Bakhtin, uh, the the uh, Russian uh, critic mm. who makes a lot of, uh, of of Rabelais and like the carnivalesque, which you know is when things are topsy-turvy and you don't know what's going on and and so like even in this paragraph where it's just like oh like basically like you know we we have this idea of the divine divine right of kings but in fact you know the king today you know was born from a 
uh, a pardon peddler yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but so that the the, the last the, the last chunk. Mm. Uh, as I can see, by the transport and revolution of kingdoms and empires. From the Assyrians to the Medes, from the Medes to the Persians, from the Persians to the Macedonians, from the Macedonians to the Romans, from the Romans to the Greeks, from the Greeks to the French. Like that, from the Greeks to the French is the part where I'm like, I feel like there's a joke there that that's, I'm not quite. That's definitely on purpose. Like, <laughs> like, like, what's the joke, I guess, is my question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's specifically like, like if you were to say like, from the Greeks to the Americans, like, <laughs> clearly we're just jumping in continuity because mm. the tradition is to aggrandize our nation, particularly France as like the seat of learning. And like, it's like the comedy of putting France in with all of the classical cultures from which like ancient and profound learning is thought to like essentially putting French in with mythology, putting France in with mythology Mm-hmm. I would also note that that massive half of a sentence on one side of a semicolon mm-hmm. is first setting up beggars being the inheritors of great kings and then compares that to the French being the inheritors of all of these traditions. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's a little twist of the knife. <laughs> um, and I do wonder about like, it feels like it's going forward in time, Assyrians to Persians to Macedonians Macedonians to Romans, Romans back to the Greeks, and then Greeks to the French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I gotta wonder if that's an intentional, like, yeah. I, I'm talking in the cadence of explaining the history of the world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but getting it clearly wrong in one yeah. or two steps. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so you know what kind of narrator I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, and this is me not knowing what the cultural context would be now or at the time, uh, Mm. wanting specifically to link the French to the Greeks and not the Romans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because perhaps the Romans are a little too close in both time and space. Mm. Yeah. A, a little bit of the like a uh, uh, life of Brian, mm. you know, like <laughs> what have they ever done for us? Besides the aqueduct. Besides the aqueduct. Uh, yeah. um, all right. I have to, I have to double check the English. <laughs> uh, it is funny that, uh, as has come up before, uh, <laughs> I have abandoned my French uh, and I'm currently learning Yiddish uh, mm. ooh, for, for no reason. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so wait, in the English, yep. the next, the, sorry, the, the, the third paragraph, not on this page, in English is, and to give you some hint concerning myself, who speaks unto you, uh, I cannot think, but I am come of the race of some rich king or prince in former times. Oh, right. Uh, for never, okay. Uh, and in French, uh, 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 and uh, to give you understanding, hearing <laughs> of me who speaks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. No, hmm. I'll cut this out. <laughs> but that third paragraph uses the construction "I am come of," uh, or uh, perhaps "I am come of the these old je, <laughs> kings yeah. and such." Je yeah. descendu de quelques riches, quoi. Well, I was just. I, was, I mean, yeah. it's. It's intriguing to me that that is like a dead part of English, right? That's a German thing of I am come, I am become, mm-hmm. instead of I have come, I have become. And so I'm, I'm like wondering how old the, again, how old is the translation? How much is the translation trying to sound like old timey English to, res- to maybe reflect something in the original? Ah, it's just interesting to me. 
first translated into English in the late 17th century. Hmm. Huh. Okay. I'll just say one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the French uh, has a line, uh, returnant, returnant à nos moutons. Uh, mouton is, as far as I know, mutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like returning to our, our sheep. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, is how I would literally translate it. And like, yeah, like, uh, that's what Google Translate has for me. Uh, the English is to return to our weathers. Hmm. Uh, I've uh, never heard it. I assume it means to get back to the point. But, yeah, yeah. But I've never, like, I've never heard that in English. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. And there are a lot of, like, non words in here, like frequentlier mm-hmm. and senorias. And oh, there was another one in there. Pardon peddlers. I imagine the translator there is just like, there's no English word for this. I have to just get close with this phrase. No one knows. Or that may have been more relevant at the time, like peddlers mm, of pardons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Specifically. Definitely at the time of Rabelais, perhaps at the time of the translation as well. Because, mm. I mean, you get these cases where like um, for the Arabian Nights, for example, there's a famous translation from the 19th century that was that is very English and very stuffy and kind of got done once and kind of got stuck in the in the like literary world's consciousness. And to the point that if you go back and read the Arabian Nights, the a lot of the links and like Amazon books you will see are that translation. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're like, wow, the Arabian Nights is just incredibly stuffy and kind of mm-hmm. airless and distant and unemotional. Um <laughs> and yeah, I just I gotta I keep asking myself how far back this particular translation goes if it was like something from 1905 that just kind of got stuck <laughs> and nobody nobody decided to do the great new translation of of yeah uh, of Gargantua and Pantagruel who, who who's sitting on this million dollar idea um, <laughs> exactly but uh that I sorry uh that does raise the question for me of something that we kind of skipped over uh which is uh Vin you said you've read parts of this yes a bit of the beginning under under what circumstances? Uh, <laughs> having heard of it and wondering what the hell is that? Like, I don't remember where I first heard of this, probably back when we were at college. And like, just knowing of it as a sort of like weird body French satire that was about giants and like weird ancient lineages. Hmm. Um, because it's like very fantastical in addition to being very grotesque. It's like, that sounds interesting. So I, <laughs> at one point, and you know, it's old, so it's available for free everywhere. Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, couldn't hurt. And so I did. <laughs> uh, uh, I would want to double check this, but the, the last translation that I can find is from 1992. Uh, and it, it is in the complete works of Francois Rabelais. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the, the opening paragraph of uh, Michael Durda's review. Yep. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm, I'll read this into the record. Okay. Uh, reader, this is from the Washington Post. Uh-huh. Uh, readers have never been quite sure about Francois Rabelais. <laughs> On the one hand, he has been called the most difficult of all French writers, a sly social critic, and a Renaissance James Joyce pushing language beyond the brink of sense. On the other, actually reading Gargantua and Pantagruel is a lot like going to a Slovak or Ukrainian wedding in an Ohio steel town, where you pay a dollar to dance with the bride, eat way too much kielbasa and stuffed cabbage, drink yourself silly, and spend half the evening listening to somebody's red-cheeked uncle tell dirty jokes and tall tales. A lot of fun, but a little of it goes a long way. That is very <laughs> accurate to what I read, yes. <laughs> okay. 
like, uh, please turn in next week for uh, Dirtapod, <laughs> the <laughs> podcast where we where we review Michael Nerda's reviews. Uh, <laughs> At long last. <laughs> yeah, but I do wonder, like, that was something, uh, so uh, I took a translation class from uh, William Weaver. Was I um, in that class? Uh, do you remember me reading or translating French science fiction? And then a, a, a friend of ours uh, trying to defend me by saying like, like, well, a lot of science fiction isn't written well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. um, sadly, I don't remember anything about that class because that was the semester I dropped out. Uh, uh, yeah. Not related to that class specifically, but I was taking that class when uh, my college career went south. Mm. <laughs> but no, that was, I mean, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't recall if you were in that class. Uh, mostly what I remember that is like, uh, William Weaver's, uh, charming, uh, Southern, uh, gentleman leeways. Yeah. That man was a delight. Like, like his discussion of, uh, <laughs> his discussion of basically like, uh, as has come up before, like how being poor costs more. Mm-hmm. Cause like, if you only have enough money to buy soft coal, then it burns faster. So you have to keep buying more, but it's cheaper. Mm. You know, and like uh, the distinction between, you know, what families were soft coal families and what families were hard coal families, which I think I'm, I may be conflating two conversations. But at one point he said, he's like, he's like, well, like someone asked him, like, oh, well, what were you? And he's like, well, sometimes we were hard coal and sometimes we were soft coal. And I think someone like maybe went like, oh, or like made some sound of empathy. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, oh, don't like, don't feel sad for me. I had a pony. Uh, which <laughs> has always been my like my go-to for like it's like oh don't 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 feel sad for this person they had a pony mm. like yeah that seems that seems like it, it it encapsulates a whole a whole way of life right mm-hmm. if you have a pony um but yeah I, I the 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 main reason why I want to bring this up is because I think he said something about how basically you have to translate a book every fifty years yeah because although the book remains the same. Like our language that is being translated into changes so mm. much that like mm. reading an older version is uh like again reading it through like a, an extra layer of uh distance yeah because like mm-hmm. now you have to understand you know 19th century English ways and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> etc. But yeah, I wonder what like was the 92 the last? Um, oh, I was just looking yeah. at that. Uh, it looks like there was a 2006 oh, cool. by M.A. Screech. Which does sound a bit like a name that would get called into Moe's Bar. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, if you were going to translate Rabelais, wouldn't you come up with an invented name? Hmm. Like, uh, just, <laughs> just, just for the fun of? <laughs> it does um, seem in keeping with the rest of Rabelais' enterprise. Hmm. Oh. Hey, Peter, have, have you... Uh, since your recent move, hmm. uh, which by the time this airs will may may, may be not so recent, uh, ha- have you had time to get a library card? Do they have libraries in Canada? Uh, what is it like? Well, of course, yeah, and I do have a library card at this point, and um, they are. I've discovered they are very well stocked with all of the movies I can't find on streaming. So, oh. but they don't have the same. Uh, this is into the weeds, but they don't have the same online. Overdrive um, mm-hmm. ebook integration with Kindles and devices like that. So I'm going to have to figure out how to, if I want to actually get real books or find a way to work with their ebook system. <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to getting to getting out to the library sometime after I have a working car again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah they're, I think they're building a giant new library in downtown Ottawa at this point. Their <laughs> new main library for them. <laughs> the design pictures look very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Library Talk. I mean, <laughs> it would not be uh, out of character for us to have a podcast uh, where we just review libraries. Uh, <laughs> and if, if there were no pandemic. Uh, oh, <laughs> it, it also sounds like a great uh, starting premise for a, uh, a, a horror movie. <laughs> like a bunch of podcasters <laughs> trying to find a library. Oh, no. Uh, and then they're trapped there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, dibs on guesting on the Austin Central Branch. <laughs> I mean, that is the other. Yeah, yes. Sorry for 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 uh, our many listeners in Australia uh, <laughs> and elsewhere. Um, sorry, I was looking at the download <laughs> breakdown by nationality the other day and thinking, like, wait, what? Who? Uh, <laughs> Hello, Australia. <laughs> um, well, actually, no. I guess we know. Don't we know? Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, the the Austin Central Library. Uh, was completed a few years ago uh, and is very nice. And that's library talk. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, you can see pictures of it on, uh, well, on our Instagram and online. It was um, wonderful, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry, here's a, from, a, from a, a review of one of these translations. Plainly, translating Rabelais is extraordinarily difficult. <laughs> yeah, I'm glancing at the Screech translation, the 2006 one now. Um, it's more of a scholarly translation, so it is actually more difficult to read. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, like, it's got bits and asides from different French editions, like oh. parenthetically included. Yes, Woo. yes, yes. So. It's, it's got that, yeah, that uh, I can't remember the term, but for that, that sort of like, uh, the, like the, the universal edition that has all the changes mm -hmm. from all the different. Oh man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that would, that would be a totally other problem that we have <laughs> in reading this book, uh, from like, like, like with like Shakespeare, right. There's always the things that like, mm -hmm. well, like that was printed in this quarto, but not in that one. Yeah. Which, so, which Lear do you want? <laughs> yeah. Or which Hamlet? <laughs> Yeah. Here's the book that has all the Hamlet that we have on record in it, and it would take five hours to perform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do actually. I, I will say uh, one time, as I was the TA for a drama class, uh, I, I said like, "Oh, I really want to look at this one scene." And uh, at some point, I think the the teacher uh, on hearing this was like, "Why that scene? Like that was a later edition, like not from, you know, that's not from that's the not, original." Yeah, I was like, "Well, I wish I had known that." an hour ago like why, why is that not in this uh but yes yeah this one uh this one starts out it will be neither fruitless nor idle parentheses seeing we are at leisure close parentheses to recall for you the primary source and origin of our good giant pantagruel for i note all fine historiographers have done likewise in their chronicles not only those of the greeks arabs and ethnics but also the authors of Holy Writ, as Monsignor St. Luke particularly, and St. Matthew, which is a totally different line. So, wow. Yeah, I think there are a lot of different bits in different editions over the course of things. Yeah. Which I think brings us to the question, uh, are you going to read more? <laughs> <laughs> or under, under what circumstances would you? Oh, man. It's debatable whether I've successfully read this first page. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, Peter, I guess you have your, uh, you could always have this as a goal to read in French. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, 100 Years of Solitude was the, the goal for Spanish. Um, yeah, you have an assignment now. Right now, my main goal for French is to learn to read like Tintin and the old Mobius oh, comics mm. in French. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, I, would, I would recommend uh, uh, Asterisk. Oh yeah, an asterisk and old aster- yeah. asterix and old and the, yeah yeah. Uh, there, there's there's a lot of uh, well there there there's some wordplay there, uh, <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, oof, I don't know. Vin, are you gonna are you gonna finish? Oh, this. I'm always thinking like someday I'll be like I'll go back and just poke through because again there's like a ton of interesting weird shit, but there's just like this is a five book sequence full of like dozens and dozens of short chapters uh like the the table of contents is multiple multiple pages um so like maybe someday when i'm like feeling the need to go back and collect some weird turns of phrase (laughs) probably not in the foreseeable though yeah, I'm I'm kind of reminded of of all things the Princess Bride in the novel where mm. William Goldman talks about the original version of the Princess Bride that is full of weirdly specific historical satire and yep. and lots of digressions in among this cracking adventure story and I kind of feel like I'd have an experience like that <laughs> if I went further into this. Yeah, like maybe just cut together a good parts version <laughs> <laughs> and tell it to Fred Savage. Mm. <laughs> And it would be the most offensive bedtime story ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What about you, Ben? You've read a page. Are you going to uh, finish it? Would to God that every man could trace his own ancestry as certainly from Noah's Ark down to this our age. I think that many today are emperors, kings, dukes, princes, and popes on this earth who are descended from pardon mongers or hodmen in vineyards. Okay. Just as there are, on the contrary, many beggars in workhouses, wretched and needy, who are descended by blood and lineage from great kings and emperors. Uh, no, I think, I think I, I feel like I've got enough <laughs> to go on. I feel I mean, like I'm good. Uh, if I were you, I'd read like page five or six mm-hmm. to get it. Like if one were to only read one page, I would probably not read this first one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, to get the gist of like some of the, because this is, you know, as we've mentioned a tongue in cheek, but fairly straight parody of the kind of intro one finds in these books. Hmm. And it doesn't really get batshit for another few pages. <laughs> yeah, it has to sort of set, I assume it has to sort of set this kind of tone of genteel historiography before it contrasts it with. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like you could get a solid impression from a, like a random selection of five pages of hot nonsense from this book. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Uh, <laughs> to go back to uh, uh, nonsense, please. Uh, so this was five volumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like that. So the first, the first book is Pantagruel. The second is Gargantua. The third is the third book of Pantagruel, and then the fourth and fifth are also the fourth and fifth books of Pantagruel. Mm. Um, wait, what did we read? <laughs> we read. Uh, chapter one of the first book i wonder i don't know i'm finding different information here yeah uh but i do wonder again this is also a case where like i think multiple multiple editions may have uh 
changed some things, changed the orderings. Yeah, like um, given that I just read that entirely uh, different paragraph, yeah, that I cannot find a parallel for in this edition. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I found a page that gives the estimated word count for Gargantua and Pantagruel at one hundred and fifty-five thousand words. Damn. <laughs> but but how many of them are made up? <laughs> Too many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that doesn't help. Uh, yeah, and also just at, looking at the French, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, there's this is not. Uh, I, I imagine someone could make their way uh, in this, but uh, <laughs> coming mm-hmm. from uh, uh, like a, a Quebecois, actually maybe coming from Quebecois, uh, you'd have a better. Yeah, maybe there are some things that have changed less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's like the standard the, the thing I hear about Quebecois French is that it is an older form huh. that it has preserved some things that have gone away in mm-hmm. uh, academy uh, French yeah like those islands off the coast of North Carolina mm-hmm. where the language of Shakespeare remains <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I just want to read I don't know I do like also uh, just one last thing I found uh, I, I looked up that um uh, returning to our sheep uh, or returning to our mutton to our weathers uh i couldn't find anything for returning uh to our weathers but uh, i found a, a site that said oh returning to our muttons that's a that's a uh that's that's just like a normal uh english phrase mm-hmm. uh taken from a humorous translation of the french idiom let us return to our sheep mm. i mean i guess it has a great like as a like shepherding uh phrase it is very uh reasonable to say like let's get back to our sheep yeah <laughs> we're, we're we're playing too many too, too many pan pipes we need to get back to our sheep so i just scrolled down to a random chapter title um and chapter <laughs> 1.4 is entitled <laughs> yeah how gargamel uh, a character's named gargamel uh, <laughs> which makes me very much wonder about that oh. that chain of uh custody yeah. Right, because Smurfs was Smurfs was originally by a French cartoonist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, How Gargamel, hey-o. being great with Gargantua, did eat a huge deal of tripes. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, I just wanted to make sure I had this. Uh, uh, Bel- Belgian. Mm. Oh, uh, Belgian. Thank yes, you. yes. A petit Belge. Uh, <laughs> just to get everyone angry at us. Uh, yes. Everyone's Le shouting at the podcast. Mm. Uh, yes. My shroomf. Uh, and also to correct what I said last time, when I said that Zarathustra was the Greek for Zor- Zoroaster, I think that's reversed. Oh, okay. The internet is telling me I was wrong, but now I don't even remember. I'm all, I'm all turned uh, around. <laughs> now I consider from the Greeks to the French to be a normal, uh, transition of empire. Right? <laughs> yeah. From the Greeks to the French. Um, ah, Gargamel is Gargantua's mother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and uh, later on, the name of a particle detector in CERN. <laughs> is it a particularly big one, or uh, uh, or or are they searching for a particularly big, uh, or, or or trying to handle a particularly big particle uh, <laughs> relative to other particles? Like that's the joke here, right? Gargantua and Pantagruel mm-hmm. are giants in, in the land of the Gargamel is looking for the Gargantua particle. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, the Wikipedia entry on the particle detector is far too dense for me to find a good joke in it. <laughs> well, yes. Something about dense uh, articles. <laughs> and um, You know what? I, I, 
I don't know when I will get to this, but like considering that Rabelais is known for uh, his earthy humor mm-hmm. and uh, his urine-drowned armies. I feel like <laughs> this page maybe uh, tells me something about it, but not not like like it's like if, if you read Kafka and like just the first line of a Kafka story, and people are like, "Oh, it's so Kafkaesque," and you were like, "You mean what? <laughs> uh, interested in the the, the mundane nature of uh, uh, insurance business?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, "Like you might be reading the wrong thing." Like <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, I guess yeah. I kind of want to maybe maybe I just want to read like those parts mm-hmm. where like I don't know people are entering into the the folds and fat of giants. I feel like there's something there. Like it's not just it's not <laughs> mm-hmm. just about <laughs> it's not just about urine drowning armies. Uh, there's also like civilizations building on <laughs> giant bodies, or isn't there? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I want to find out. <laughs> okay, it's on my list. All right, one more <laughs> chapter title. How Gargantua Did Eat Up Six Pilgrims in a Salad. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> like, I feel like you could you could have an entertaining time just reading the chapter titles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm closing the French tab there. Mm. <laughs> it feels like it should mean something. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. we're, we're pushing up about on time. Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> Unless we want to make this a <laughs> giant episode. Um, hey, yo. Give the Australians what they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, like I, I do, I do wonder about like some uh, things that have sort of become bits uh, for me, mm. uh, which are actually like they're 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 less bits than they are authentic uh, expressions of my uh, personality, mm. such as it is. Um, but there are other things where, like, for a a Dracula episode, where I just was wanting to do the count as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if I did that now would people be like like what is he talking about and be like oh that that episode was like two years ago yeah like like yeah uh but on that note uh any any final thoughts on uh gargantua and pantagruel by rabelais uh none from me and i am being summoned to tag along on walking a dog now (laughs) oh right in that case where can folks find you online oh sure um i'm gonna oh wait Hopefully, people can still hear me. The default speaker has changed to my wife's AirPods. Oops. <laughs> uh, let's see. One second. Uh, select speaker. IMAX speakers? Maybe that'll work. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, people can find me at peterrogers.info. I write up reviews at hujhax.livejournal.com. Uh, and I play RPGs every week at twitch.tv.com. M-M-A-J-C-H-E-R and Major. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blattberg, and you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. And I've been your other host, Finn LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity, and you can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io. For show updates, corrections, and occasional bouts of actual research, subscribe to our monthly newsletter at monthly.darknightsreads.com. For everything else, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com, and we'll meet you back here next time, weather permitting.